0: Welcome back to Minds of Metal. My name is Daria
1: and I'm Laz and together we're a husband and wife team, both pro musicians talking all things heavy metal.
0: And today we're bringing you a review of an amazing album called Holy Diver by Dio.
1: So Dio's Holy Diver, which came out in 1983, was actually the debut album from him as a solo artist, having left Black Sabbath and his other projects in the 70s. Um, and it's a landmark album because not only is it considered one of, you know, Heavy Metal's uh, greatest albums, but it's, it's Dio's debut album. I think it's such a fantastic uh, masterpiece to execute and give to audiences from his first go at writing an album on his own.
0: Yeah, and you know what I was interested in when I was listening to it is... What are the people, who are they behind this album? Do you want to talk about it?
1: Yeah, so let's talk about the band. So we've got Vivian Campbell, um, who is famous for being in Def Leppard, but he actually came from Sweet Savage. Uh, you've got him on guitar. You've got Jimmy Bain, who was playing with Rainbow, or was playing with Dio in Rainbow on bass. Uh, you've got Vinny Peace, who came from Black Sabbath to play drums. And then obviously you've got Ronnie James Dio uh, on lead vocals. Now, what's interesting about this is that you really get the feeling listening to the album that there's lots of styles going on within it and we're gonna get onto that next. But I love the fact that, I can just imagine that all of these guys brought something from their previous project. You know, uh, Vivian Campbell was in Sweet Savage who were one of the New Wave of British heavy metal bands. Um, So they're bringing with them, you know, the dual lead guitars, you know, especially as a guitarist, the punkiness. Uh, you've got Vinnie Peace coming from Black Sabbath, bringing the doominess, bringing the heaviness. And then you've got Jimmy Bain coming from Rainbow, bringing maybe a progressive element, maybe more of a classical uh, bass around the album. And then Dio, being Dio, having his traditional metal elements and characteristics there. And what a lineup. I mean, yeah. and you can hear it in the album, it is masterfully performed and executed. That's what happens when you get a great bunch of musicians to write an album together.
0: As last said previously, all these musicians brought something into the album, didn't they? So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about these styles that they brought into the album separately.
1: So I'm going to kick this off with an opinion that might be a little controversial, or a little, you know, people might not agree with me. Um, I actually think the base of this album, B-A-S-E, not the bass guitar, is in glam metal. And what I mean by that is this, I'm not talking about the hair or the makeup or coming from, you know, the Los Angeles music scene. I'm talking about how the music sounds. Now, in glam metal, these are characteristics. You've got anthemic choruses, upbeat music, flashy guitar riffs and solos, um, and even a power ballad as well. And I hear this in the music. Yeah. I hear it in terms of, we've got heavy riffs, we've got fast guitars, but it sounds agreeable, it sounds pleasant. You know, one thing we quickly talk about Metallica. 1983's Kill'em All is Speed Metal. 1980 is it four? Or yeah, 1984's Ride the Lightning is Thrash Metal. And the difference for me is the agreeableness of the riffs. The speed's the same, the instrumentation the same, is the aggression's the same, but the riffs in Kill 'em all are nice to listen to. And I think that's because it's a bit glam-influenced, whereas Ride the Lightning is Thrash. And this is what I'm hearing here. Although it's fast, although it's heavy, although it's pacey it's nice to listen to, the riffs are nice, they're consonant, they're agreeable. And that's where I feel like the base of this album is in glam.
0: Okay, I do agree. I don't think it's full on glam metal album. So this is why I was like, yeah, right.
1: (laughs) I'm sure many others are thinking. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I I see where you, yeah, I definitely see that. We hear it in, you know, caught in the middle chorus. Yeah. Very anthemic, very singy, you know, you wanna sing along to that. You've got, even Rainbow in the Dark, I feel like it is a heavy riff, but it is actually glammy on the surface.
1: You got that you got that keyboard melody yeah. going behind do, 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 you know yeah. really. <laughs> um, I think don't Talk to Strangers, although it is not a slow song the whole way through, that for me is uh, Dio's power ballad, it, you know, because we know that glam is famous for that, for songs about love and okay. a slower song on the album. I think Don't Talk to Strangers is this version of the power ballad. But I'm not gonna die on this hill. I'm not gonna say this is a glam metal album because we're gonna go a lot deeper, but I just hear on the surface a lot of glaminess to it. Another huge genre that we just can't ignore
0: is traditional metal it's so big in this album and I mean my favorite song of the album is Holy Diver and straight away in the verse you hear this galloping and you and you think you know did Maiden listen to this and get inspired and uh, stuff like Don't Talk to Strangers as well I had some galloping there and we've got dual leads and songs that like Cotton in the Middle and it's just it seems like it's the glue that pieces it all together for me, really, because you can hear bits and pieces of it in so many songs
1: and this album. Absolutely, and when you've got people like Dio and Vinnie a Piece who have come from playing that traditional metal with Black Sabbath, then of course that's going to be such a huge monumental part of it. So one of our headings here, we've actually got traditional slash uh, doom. And what we mean by doom is that I'm not talking about a slow, heavy, sludgy song yeah. uh, in that sense. I'm just talking about certain riffs and sections. Um, in the song Invisible, I think that's that's quite a doomy riff that could be Sabbath. Uh, straight through the heart that's also doomy but a bit bluesy. The way I said that the last one could be Sabbath, straight through the heart could be Sabbath or it could be deep purple. Um, and I just feel like you've got remnants and littering of traditional metal and doom metal spread throughout the album coming from the yeah. likes of Sabbath. Um, but they never take it too far. It's never you never listen to one song and think, Oh, they're trying to be Sabbath or rainbow.
0: Yeah, and would you? should probably remember about doom metal here is that it's not very obvious you really need to listen into it you know so stuff like stand up and shout you've got lots of like dissonant bass notes and if you just listen to the song you probably wouldn't even think of it to be honest with you you wouldn't yeah. it just blends in
1: and this is where i think the band play their part yeah. because I, I think any other bass player might have just hit the root notes and mm-hmm. just played what would have sounded good, but you've got Jimmy Bain who knows his mm. music theory, who knows his classicalism, who gets metal uh, playing things mm-hmm. like that a dissonant note you made. Um, and in talking about traditional metal, we are talking also about dissonance, which is where a note doesn't sound nice being played next to another note. Black Sabbath, famous for this, their first song from their first album, Black Sabbath. Um, incredibly dissonant and you've got it here isn't it because the thing is I said it when I was talking about the glam that most of the album sounds agreeable and pleasant but what I love here is the traditional elements that they're just throwing in a bit of dissonance every now and then don't talk to strangers the verse is really dissonant yeah um, yeah I also you know, you
0: know it also shame on the night that last riff
1: Oh, yeah, that's incredible. That's
0: so Sabbathy, yeah. so doomy, and it, it sort of feels slower overall, that song, actually. Yeah,
1: well, I feel like the tempo just comes down when yeah. that end part, but that's probably my favourite riff of the whole album. Uh, incredible stuff. So I think we've summed up pretty nicely the, um, the the main sort of styles we're hearing within this. You've got your traditional metal, you've got your doom metal in pieces, you've got your glam, you've got your new wave of British heavy metal coming in there as well. And there's some other little bits, you know, spread throughout. You know, we've, we've got notes of the prog classical and rock really if we look at rock first um i thought a few of the songs sounded a bit like you know they could be acdc or kiss yeah. just simple guitar riffs not speedy not technical uh, you know gypsy that sound the vocals and the guitar sounded like acdc to me caught in the middle the intro was very acdc like uh, shame on the night had this intro lick that was very bluesy wasn't it uh, you'd, you'd imagine it coming from a classic rock band Um, In terms of the prog and classical, the song Rainbow in the Dark, I like this. I'm telling myself it's a homage to Rainbow, both in the name Rainbow in the Dark and with some of the instruments, because Rainbow were quite a heavy keyboard band. And the only main keyboard melody you get in this album is in Rainbow to the Dark. So I like thinking that's a little homage from Dio to Rainbow. Um, and then a few little hints of classicalism, and I think whoever came up with this, maybe it was Jimmy Bain, maybe it was Dio. They have to have looked at Ritchie Blackmore in Rainbow because what Ritchie Blackmore did in Rainbow, go and check out our Rainbow Rising album review, um, is that he really brought the neoclassicalism back into heavy metal. Um, and I think Don't Talk to Strangers. You've got that classical guitar at the start, or maybe it was a harpsichord. We listened to it. Maybe we couldn't really. And then, yeah, just about just the album, you've got tiny little sprinklings of classical music, whether it's a, in the form of an intro or some guitar or a solo maybe.
0: Let's now talk about Dio. Oh. I know.
1: A god amongst <laughs> men. <laughs> I know.
0: He's become one of the biggest vocal inspirations of mine. I absolutely adore the guy. I think he's brilliant and he brought so much into metal vocals and uh, I know that so many current bands get inspired by Dio and uh, oh, what I want to talk about is how complementary and fundamental his vocal is to this music. Mm. It's He's got this really kind of distorted, you know, voice, he does. He's got the grit, he's got the energy, the power, and I think this is what's really, you know, this is what's so appealing to the genre as well. Yeah,
1: I think his notes are so operatic and clean Very. that you wouldn't think distortion, but then when you get into it, you're right, no. because yeah. he does sort of distort a note, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he's got this grit, you know, it's just grit, yeah. it's gritty. Yeah. And uh, he's got this perfect vocal stamina. Okay, I'm going to be too technical problem, the vocals. But it is really, it's amazing. Oh, wait, hold on.
1: It's an album about Dio, who's arguably oh, yeah. the greatest metal Fine. singer. You are allowed we to go into detail. <laughs> so if I'm,
0: talking, if I'm going into a bit more detail, I'd say that, you know, he's got a really bright tone. It's just cut through, isn't it? It's just so cut through. Yeah. And it's, he's very theatrical. He's a true performer and a storyteller. And I think even if you look at the lyrics that he writes, they are very, you know, they're special.
1: He does what he wants. Yeah. A fantasy element. You know, exactly. we, we spoke on the Rainbow Rising video about this, uh, that, that song, Stargazer, arguably being the first castle metal song. And we're getting more hints of it here with Holy Diver talking about fantasy, medieval, and mythological elements in his lyrics. Yeah,
0: and this is what I'm trying to say about theatrical. Yeah. You know, definitely very theatrical. And. I love how this energy of his and this love for the music, actually, and for the genre, it really comes across, even if they're like just on the recordings, on the album, you know, you you don't necessarily even have to watch the performances, although please watch them, they're brilliant. Yeah. But you can hear it, you mm. can really hear it. And I think he's just, yeah, he's the greatest.
1: I think, especially with this album, um, You've got you've got lots of heavy metal bands where they the vocalist is is, is a is a, a nice to listen to, but I yeah. think especially in the first ten or so years of metal, predominantly it wasn't the vocals weren't nice to listen to. You think about Ozzy um, in Black Sabbath. You think about Paul Diano with the, with My Iron Maiden. Lovely voices, but it's not. I don't want to say it's not nice to listen to, but you know what I mean? It's it's a little hard on the ear hearing Ozzy wailing in Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, <laughs> listening to Venom with that high-pitched scream that we love, but to others, it might not be nice. But for Dio to come with a voice, and I know he's done it years before with Sabbath and um, Rainbow, yeah. but for him to establish his vocals and his sound in his debut album to this extent, it's phenomenal.
0: I think he's just so sophisticated. Yeah. Like, his voice, it sounds so... Proper? I don't want to say that everyone else isn't proper. Well, his diction,
1: you've spoken about that before. It's so good. The way he pronounces words, yeah. you can hear everything he's saying. Great
0: storytelling. The yeah.
1: note doesn't suffer for yeah. him to say a word properly. He's just he's just Yeah, phenomenal. and it
0: shouldn't, really. Mm, you know, it he's a shouldn't. Pro. And he, he's a
1: pro. So one last little bit I wanted to talk about before we get on to our opinions on the album is the structuring of it. And I mean, literally the song orders, because what I found phenomenal about this is that, I'm gonna use the word glam. Remember what I said at the start of the video. I'm not saying it's a glam album, but the glammy songs are all at the start. They kick off with three kind of glammy songs that entice the listener in, that keep them interested, that say to someone who's not a heavy metal fan, this is interesting. It's agreeable. It's pleasant to listen to. The choruses are great. I can sing along. They grab them with those first few songs. And then after that, you kind of descend into more niche Mm -hmm. and obscure heavy metal territory. Yeah. Think about Shame on the Night. The last riff on Shame on the Night is not something that anyone who doesn't like metal would listen to. And so the fact that they've stuck that at the end and the other songs, you know, um, Invisible, Gypsy, Don't Talk to Strangers, they all come after that first barrage of accessible metal. And I just thought it was fantastic, you know, little things like little considerations like that is what make albums go from being a great album to a fantastic album, the flow of the songs and how they work. And I think it's just been masterfully done here. So we've gone through the nitty-gritty details of the album. We've talked you through the styles, Dio's vocals and the song structures. And now we're going to talk about how much we like the album. Notice how I said how much we like it rather than whether we liked it or not. Um, That kind of gives a hint, spoilers about it. So do you like the album?
0: Yeah, I like it a lot. I do. It's just absolutely brilliant. And I think it's an essential metal album. And I love the fact that a Dio wrote all the lyrics i think that is so impressive and because they're great lyrics they're great stories you know within those songs and it's so interesting um and i also uh, i see it as like a collective effort to present to, to not present but bringing so many other genres into this and make it a metal album
1: yeah, because it's not obvious, is it? No. They're not saying, okay, this song's gonna be a rock song. Ooh. This song's gonna be a prog song. Just yeah, they There's just a from. little bit
0: of everything in each song, pretty much. You know, there's just different stuff going on, and I find it so talented. It's such a talented approach to songwriting, and I think think of it as 83, 1983. At the time, like that, that must have been just mind blowing to hear that at the time. Mm. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. What about you? How much do you like
1: it? Um, I think it's one of the most important albums in heavy metal. And the reason for this is that I've got a sort of theory about heavy metal as a subgenre. So we can talk about heavy metal as a genre next to pop, next to classical music, next to jazz. But when we're talking subgenres of heavy metal, doom metal, thrash metal, new wave of British heavy metal, I consider heavy metal a subgenre within itself. And cool. for me, what this is. As a subgenre, is taking all the elements of heavy metal that has come before, and incorporating them, as you said in your little review, taking little pieces and putting them all together to form a new kind of heavy metal subgenre. And this is forever changing. You know, yeah. if we're using my idea of heavy metal as a, heavy metal as a subgenre, in the '70s, it's Sabbath. In the 90s, it's maybe Pantera or Metallica. In the 2000s, for me, it's bands like Mastodon and Gojira taking Mm -hmm. everything that we've learned about heavy metal from previous decades and moulding it into one. And for me, as of 1983, this is the purest form of heavy metal for the Mm -hmm. time. Because as you mentioned, and as we've said throughout the whole video, we've got little elements of each of these styles, but they're not saying, here's a prog song, here's a classical section. It's just It's just heavy metal. I can't put it any other way. And despite the heaviness of the music, the whole album has such an agreeable and welcoming sound, as I said from the start. And as glam sort of started to thrive in the early 80s and began opening up metal to wider audiences, specifically in America, we've got to thank this kind of album for playing on the agreeableness, for playing on the consonants and the pleasant sounds but also underlining it with the traditional metal values with the incredible voice of Ronnie James Dio leading the way.
0: Thank you so much for watching this video, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And please let us know in the comments below, do you think that Holy Diver is Dio's best work? Is it better than his Time of Sabbath and Rainbow? What do you think? Let us know in the comments.
1: Yeah, I'm a little biased. I love Rainbow Rising, so I don't know if I can if I can agree with that, but I'd have no arguments anyway. But yeah, thank you guys. Please don't forget to hit like on this video, subscribe to the channel to come back for more of these classic album reviews as well as all the other stuff we do. And don't forget, we've got a dedicated podcast. So if you don't have time to sit and watch these videos, the audio is taken from these videos and uploaded to the podcast and you can listen on Apple, Spotify and Amazon. So thanks again for joining us and have a metal day.
0: Have a lovely day. We'll see you very soon.